Hi, welcome to OttawaChurchChrist.com and our study of Patterns Found in God's Word. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the most beautiful books you're ever going to see with a pattern that just so opens itself up to uh, being able to memorize the entire book through a series of simple numbers. Uh, and the book that we're going to be looking at today is the book of Exodus, and those numbers are 3101. 3101310.1. 1. Make yourself a box and put these numbers in it, just like you see here on the screen, and we'll simply explain what each of those, those boxes represent. And by the end of this, or at least by the end of the day, you can have the book of Exodus, the overview of the whole book of Exodus memorized. You'll never, for, for, you'll never forget it, uh, ever. Uh, so let's begin. Three attacks by Pharaoh. Right at the beginning of the book, Pharaoh is afraid of the Jews and the numbers of these, these um, slaves that he's got working for him, so he wants to reduce them. So he's going to attack them and, the, and reduce their numbers. And the way he does it is by attacking the babies. First, he increases the workload in hopes that the men will be too tired to be able to multiply with the women and then they won't be having children. But that, the heavy workload didn't slow them down from having kids. Next, he said to the midwives that when the babies are born and if it's a boy, you need to kill him. Midwives refused to do that. God blessed them because of their obedience, and the numbers still aren't coming down. So Pharaoh finally says, okay, all baby boys of Jewish heritage, well, Israelites, thrown into the Nile River. I'm going to exterminate you people. So that's the first three. The second is 10. The number 10 represents the 10 events in Moses' life. And here's how we set this up. 10 events in Moses' life. The beginning of his life, we see three things that are similar to Jesus' life. The killing of the babies. When Jesus was born, they were killing the children. The Herod was trying to uh, eliminate uh, the Messiah who, who had come into this world. Then, which is exactly what the Pharaoh was doing to uh, Moses and the children. Then, protected by a guardian. Jesus was watched over by the angels, as Satan alludes to in, the, in one of the temptations of Jesus. Here, we have Miriam watching as Miriam's mo mother puts Moses into an, an ark and floats him out. So she's watching him all the time. And then the third thing was both were saved by the Gentiles. It was Pharaoh's daughter that took the baby out of the, of the Nile and decided to adopt him and raise him, knowing that he was a Hebrew baby and knowing that he should have died. For Jesus, it was the Magi showing up. Because when the Magi showed up, they gave Joseph enough money to go down to Egypt for a couple of years until Herod had died and then he returned. So we see three similarities to Jesus. Then we see three similarities to, to Abraham. Abraham was educated in Ur. Uh, Moses was educated by, the, by Pharaoh and uh, the Egyptians. Um, both of them saved the life of a brother. Abraham saved Lot when he was taken captive. And then Moses, who killed the Egyptian, who was beating the Hebrew slave, uh, saved a brother. And both became the enemy of Pharaoh when Abraham lied to Pharaoh and Pharaoh almost married his wife. God opened up Pharaoh's eyes to that and then Pharaoh chased Moses uh, or told Abraham to leave the area. And then because he killed an Egyptian, Pharaoh uh, chased Moses out of, out of Egypt. And then similarities to Jacob. Well, Jacob fled for his life from his brother. Uh, Moses, he fled for his life from Pharaoh. Both found their wives at a well and both had kids when they were sojourners. So there's nine of the events in Moses' life that's similar to Jesus, to Abraham, and to Jacob. And then the, the tenth thing that we find here is 
all four of these guys became shepherds at the end of their lives. And I think that's kind of important to understand. Even for Abraham, who's 75 years old when he goes down to Canaan, he becomes a shepherd at the end of his life. And Jesus is our good shepherd, of course. Then the three, ten, and then the one is the one picture. And it's a picture of the burning bush. And this is kind of interesting in the burning bush. The bush represents God's people. Uh, Psalm 1.1, the man of God is like a tree planted by still waters. The fire represents, throughout the Bible, persecution. And God's people are being persecuted in Egypt by Pharaoh. And then the third one was the voice, the voice that was in the bush. Uh, and he says, I am. So that's the voice of God, and that's exactly what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 58, that before Abraham was born, I am. The Jews are going to stone him because he was claiming to be God. And I kind of see this as a picture of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If God's inside of you, the outer side is decaying, but the inner man is always being renewed day by day. Third, three miracles of Aaron. Aaron throws down his rod and becomes a serpent. He, he puts his hand in his coat, pulls it out, and it's leprous, put it back, and it comes out, and it's no longer leprous. And the third was he poured water out of the pitcher, and it turned into blood. He did all three of these miracles before the elders of God's people to introduce his brother Moses so that they would see that Moses was the one sent by God to be the deliverer. Similar to John the Baptist, who introduced Jesus to Israel themselves. Then we have uh, the ten plagues. Uh, ten plagues, as we see here in the chart, we've already talked about it in, a, in, a, in an earlier video. But I want to just point out, as you look at the nine first plagues, that the first three were done by Aaron. Aaron, you stretch out your rod. The next three, God did these. And then the third three, the hailstorm, the locust, the darkness, God said, Moses, you stretch out your rod. The top three going across was plagues that kind of caught your attention. It didn't really bother you. The next three showed how helpless you were. But the last three brought you to your knees because the gnats were biting stinging insects, and they, they hurt. They affected the people, just like the boils and then the darkness. And then that's it, death of the firstborn. There you have the ten plagues. Um, next picture is the picture of the, the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, when you see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 to 2, uh, Paul writes, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, and the people going down through it represents baptism that we have today, where Moses is taking the people away from the danger and into the, the promised land. That's what baptism does for us. It gets us out of the world of darkness into the world of light. Number three, Three providences of God, because God's now got two, two and a half million people in the wilderness, and he's got to, he's got to feed them. Manna in the morning, quail in the evening. You've got to have water. So there was this massive rock that used to follow them, which is just a miracle in itself, and out of this rock comes enough water to water two and a half million people. That's an amazing feat in of itself. And the third one was the clothes. Their clothes never wore out. Their sandals didn't wear out. The clothes didn't wear out. And the interesting thing I like to tease about this one is that the women wore the same dress for 40 years, the same pair of shoes for 40 years, and they had to get used to it. Three providences of God. Ten, Ten Commandments. No other gods, no images, no name in vain, keep the Sabbath, honor your parents, no murder, no adultery, no stealing, no lying, no coveting. 
Ten Commandments. We'll do a video especially on the Ten Commandments in a, in a couple of weeks from, from now. And then the last one is the tabernacle, which we have already done by explaining the worship, the Old Testament worship, is what the ta Old te which is which, what the tabernacle is about, the life of Christ, and finally it represents the church of Christ. It's a beautiful study. You need to get into it. You need to memorize it because it, it is a beautiful teaching tool to help other people to see. We're talking about patterns. Patterns set up so that you can have the book inside of you, so that you can know pretty much where you're, where you're at in the book of Exodus. Um, 3101 is the number that you need to remember. You've got to do it three times, and this is how it's simply explained. You can sit at any coffee shop and just draw this box of nine and then explain the book of Exodus to somebody you're trying to share the, the, the word with, and they'll appreciate it because they'll be able to walk away with a napkin and the book of Exodus, and it's going to be locked in their head as much as it's locked in yours. And it, it really makes Bible study that much simpler. You can drill down into any one of these and get deeper in your study if you want to get into the Ten Plagues, if you want to talk about the tabernacle. But the overview first gives people a sound picture of what this book is all about. And you're locking it into your memory. And that's where the Word of God needs to be. It needs to be written on our hearts. And this is one method that's going to help you to accomplish that. Thank you for watching.